Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Okay, everyone, hello, and welcome to another episode of Glee Aggressive. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, we'll my, name is, my name is Karina. My name is Ian, and we have a very, very special guest today. Um, he is a dear friend of ours who uh, we're just seeing for the first time in a while, but that makes him still a dear friend. Um, he is an actor of the vocal variety on commercials and video games and a whole bunch of things. You should check him out. It's Torian Brackett, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary individuals. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. So, Torian, have you ever seen Glee before? Um, today was the first full episode I've watched. Excellent. Yeah. What, what an episode to come into with nothing else. <laughs> yep. But if, if I recall correctly, have you ever participated in Glee? That was my next question. <laughs> Okay, so yes, I was in a Glee club in uh, undergrad, which was a lot of fun. Um, we made a lot of effort to separate ourselves from the show, <laughs> so that's part of why I've never seen it. It was just like, no, I'm in Glee club. I'm not watching the show. They do everything we do. You know, it was just it was kind of this rivalry. That so we... it was a conscious choice for college Glee to not be connected to the tv show phenomenon glee and it was hard because that was like the peak mm -hmm. of its popularity mm -hmm. glee had taken over the world and if i remember correctly we're we were in the same class so when glee first started at uh new paltz it was very much like okay so there's the show about show choir we're gonna do a show choir because i mean like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash people. Um, I don't need that karma, but um, I'll leave it at that. Look, if Glee sparks joy, that's all that matters. Um, that. I didn't jump in until a couple years later. Okay. So I, yeah, I, I didn't realize those origins. I mean, that's from what I remember because I remember the original. We'll call him the inventor of um, <laughs> of uh, Epic Glee at New Paltz trying to get me to, like, trying to convince me to join, A, because they always need guys, and B, because, like, I You had the aura. The you had the aura of Glee. I mean, the Jesse St. James energy. Okay. Um, it works. I, I, that's probably not a compliment for myself. I will also um, say, the fact that it was called Epic Glee really also speaks to the time, because that was the, I mean, look, I've had all of my social media handles since roughly 2010, and they're all epic adventure of. So we were at a time in our <laughs> lives where we described a lot of things as epic. We're not there anymore. <laughs> I think to this day it is still called epic. Life. That's nice. And consistency is key. I can't believe yes. it's still, I mean, I can believe it's still a club, but like that's a little like heartwarming. Good for them. Yeah. Strong brand, yeah. Well... Far be it from real life Glee, we have to instead talk about this episode of Glee, um, which is titled Funk. Uh, uh, mm -hmm, we are, mm -hmm. it is season one, episode 21, so it, it is the penultimate episode before the finale, uh, which is a, quite an episode to watch as the old, with no context. 
Um, and it originally aired June 1st of 2010. Again, like, good timing on our recording uh, schedule. All right. Well, shall we? Yeah, I guess let's... Uh... So this recap, um, was it just me, Karina, or was mm-hmm. Jesse just kind of gone now? Like, there was no, like, exactly. ceremonial send-off. Like, even with Adina Menzel's character in the last episode, um, sorry, we're already alienating Torian, um, <laughs> but even with Adina Menzel's character in the last episode, it was like, oh, you're my mom, but, like, I can't, like, we can't have a relationship for whatever fucking reason, um, so goodbye and good luck. Jonathan Groff just hasn't been here. They say in the recap, Jesse left the Glee Club, and there I was like, when? Right. <laughs> when did They're he like, do he that? He went back to Carmel High School, and I'm like, this is new information. You can't sneak a major plot point into your episode recap that is skippable on Netflix. And yet- It didn't happen? No! Last- no! And yet- Oh. This is not the first time they've done that either. But yeah, so I was like, okay. I mean, in like the first minute of the episode, they do say Jesse's left the Glee Club, and then they go and do a weird queen-based flex, but I was still like, okay, recap, you're trying right. to trying to trick me, but I just watched that last episode, I know he didn't leave. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then like, they have a little bit about Terry, uh, she's not terrible, she's just kind of terrible, mm-hmm. um, sure. But, we open up on the episode proper in... The hallway, our favorite place to have life conversations out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ohio show... I, sorry. The Ohio... The Ohio... The Ohio <laughs> show choir chat rooms are gossiping that uh, vocal adrenaline has lost a step because mm-hmm. they don't have Jesse. Right. But like, we just found out via the recap that Jesse left to the Argly Club, so... Wait, so how long has he been in the show before this departure like four episodes so that brings up a larger question okay i mean it's karina you answered that correctly but i was going to say that brings up a larger question of like we don't know how much time has passed in glee period they were able to oh, that's one of my big notes. yeah they were able to get <laughs> jonathan groff for like four or five episodes how long he has been in the school year very unclear he also left for a week to go on spring break but not not spring break at this school spring break from his old school so it's probably spring-ish. Probably. But, like, spring sure. break is can either be February or April, depending on what kind of school you go to, so... Well, it's apparently regional season. Which... When's that? End of the school year? Is that just, like, perpetual on this show? It's just always regionals approaching? At one point, the cheerleaders were wearing turtlenecks, so we assumed it was cold, and that's the only indication of season we've ever had. And furthermore, <laughs> Kurt had mentioned, like, finally gave away... Well, you jock people change, like, from football to hockey when it's cold out, but, like, in the last episode, they were still hockey, so... No, they were football! Were they? Yeah, and that's why you were confused. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. Okay, this isn't a Um, podcast about sports, like... Um, but, but yeah, yes. um, also, I, I've, I've abbreviated vocal adrenaline to VA in my notes, so I keep on thinking I'm talking about the state of Virginia. Oh, I keep, um, I also did it to VA, but I think I'm writing about the Veterans Association, so. Oh, How? That's what it's called, the VA. I, fine, okay. Um, also, it autocorrects Jonathan Groff to Jonathan Jeff in my notes, so. Oh, good old John Jeff. John Jeff. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so everyone is like i guess like they have like well i would say they kind of have confidence now but immediately everyone goes into the auditorium and vocal adrenaline is just there they too Mm -hmm. have 
driven the four hours from Carmel to Lima just to uh, do a Queen song for them. Yep. Like in the middle of the school day. Yes. We think. That's the other thing. Besides not knowing what season it is, when is Glee Club? Sometimes it seems like it's in the middle of the day, and sometimes it seems like an after-school activity. They're just sort of always there. Right. And this is a club that, like, doesn't have a proper choir from what we know of because arts funding is just not a thing, which, I mean, is accurate, fine. But um, they still have a choir room. Any whom. So they do this Another One Bites the Dust number. Rare for Glee to open up on a number. So, like, we're, like, only two minutes into the episode, basically. Right. I mean, I get it in this context, but... Oh, this is out of the ordinary? Well, vaguely. Uh Pretty much. But, yeah, um, I thought... I mean, my notes on this, uh, good choreography. Queen is always solid. Um, Rachel is no longer glowering. She has a habit of glowering, Torian, but this time she was just kind of concerned. Um... Mm. And uh, it was a short, sexual, and to the point uh, song. I, I feel like I've summed it up. I said this number was only fine. I didn't think it was as show-stopping as some of their previous numbers. I agree. Seemed like they were phoning in their choreography a little bit. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, this song didn't sound the best in Jonathan Groff's voice range. I have a lot of thoughts on Jonathan Groff's vocals just as a whole. Okay. Like, I mean, and like, it's nothing like slamming, like. Uh, I love Jonathan Groff, as everybody does and should. He's an American treasure. Yeah, obviously. Um, but they've given him a lot of songs that are very high, and he tends to be, like, the baritoner of, of the baritoner variety. Thank you for that. Well, same. You're, <laughs> as in you're also a baritoner, or... Also a baritoner. I mean, yeah. Um, and sometimes things are expected of us that should not happen. Even for, like... And, like, I consider myself a high tenor, and, like... I'm like, it's just, that, those songs are hard. <laughs> those songs are hard. Those songs are hard. Yeah, like, so whenever they give him these, like, high rocking numbers, and kind of the same way I feel like with Cory Monteith, like, it's not that they sound bad in his voice, it's just like, it's just, it's just not Jonathan Groff to me. Aww. That, that could mean absolutely nothing, but I guess, <laughs> I guess all that's to say, it's like, it doesn't feel super genuine knowing sort of like the Jonathan Groff canon. Um, <laughs> Oh, we're delving into a dangerous place with the Jonathan Groff canon. Also, like, I'm going to preface this now. I probably should have prefaced this earlier. I am so tired today. Nice. I know I was really tired in the last episode, but I am still tired today. Nice. So if if I'm not making sense... No, that's great. Just ask me to clarify. Um, I will not. Uh, So that means... (laughs) Torian, as a baritender, would you walk into an audition and confidently sing Another One Bites the Dust? Well, the thing about baritone is, like, we can do it, but we don't live there. Mm. So, like, if I had to do another one bites the dust eight nights a week, I'd be in trouble. But I could probably do it that one time at the audition. Okay. And never again. It would be a good, <laughs> it would be a good excuse to lobby for, like, a six-show contract, mm. and, like, you have an alternate do the matinees or something, mm. just like Evan Hansen. There you go. Or Christine Daae. <laughs> I don't Oh, okay. Well, now I'm thinking about Ben Platt playing Christine Dye, and I don't need to be thinking about that, so... Let's do that Ooh, podcast! You've just spoken it into existence. It's yes! Happen. New fan Ryan Murphy, off. do something worth our time! <laughs> Is that worth our time? Probably not, but I want it. Okay, well, um, anyway, they sing their song, they do their little dance, it's supposed to be very threatening. Like I said, it's a weird queen-based flex to walk in and be like... 
And then there's a bunch of longing looks. And then... Right. And then everyone's sad. Yeah. Um, I like that they said, this is quaint. Your auditorium is quaint. Um, <laughs> so <and> then, rude. <laughs> right? And then Jonathan Groff is just looking all like hormonal teenager, like Harry Potter in the fifth movie, sad, as he just leaves. Okay. No, I will accept that. <laughs> well, he's... He, Thank you. He, he, like, he, he, like, looked at Rachel, like, one last time yeah. before he, like, left for good. And I'm really right. unclear if... Because they had previous episodes... It's very... They left it very unclear to where Jesse felt with his relationship with Rachel. Because we now know that he only transferred schools to... <laughs> okay, trying to explain this to someone who has not lived it is weird. Jesse St. James transferred schools because his choir director was Adina Menzel and she needed to get in touch with Rachel Berry because that's her mom. <laughs> and so she sent a student to a f- school four hours away to try to befriend, or in Jesse's words, seduce Rachel to transfer a cassette tape to her so she would know that Adina Menzel is her mom. So where Jonathan Groff's true feelings lie is still pretty unclear to the audience. And oddly enough, it was never truly to, like, shake them up. Like, it was never truly to be like, hey, I want you to infiltrate the Glee Club and fuck them up. No, she It was just all just like, no, I just want to meet my daughter. Does that make this make more sense Any or sense. less? This was the first time she met her mother. <laughs> she met her mother a couple episodes ago. It didn't go well. She made her a Lady Gaga costume. That was last yeah. episode. But before that, she was introduced to her mother in the yeah, show. Yeah, she has two gay yes. dads. <laughs> the point is it's an audio I medium i don't want to take up too much time with my confusion these two gay dads <laughs> idina menzel was a surrogate but she regretted apparently giving up, giving up baby. surrogate okay they don't really seem to know how gotcha. surrogacy works in this world um as we will find out uh later in this season um but I mean, again, oh bringing it all back to episode three with Annette Storkman, Ryan Murphy has never spoken to a woman. God, so. he has not. <laughs> um, <sighs> and okay. then at um, some point, I didn't write down the specifics, but I know someone others the phrase funkification. I think it's Schuster. I think I could yeah. be wrong. All I wrote was a funkification in all capitals. Because fu- I don't know, guys. He said a lot of different ways. So, the theme of this episode is funk. You can tell because it's the title, and they've already said it four times. Um, Right. But we're discovering a lot of different uses of the word funk, and it starts by everyone is in a funk. A funk. Because they're depressed that they're going to get beat at regionals by vocal adrenaline. I forget who said, um, it's like someone broke into our home. I feel like that was like a Tina or a Kurt or something. Yeah. And I, like, that's valid. (laughs) Like... Your like your competition just shows up in your auditorium like that's that's uncomfortable. Well, and of course Sue helped them get in. We find say, out right away. At least for Sue once in this show's history, they explained how someone got into a place and got their equipment <laughs> in. Because normally people just show up and are re- fully like rehearsed, and they were like, right. "Oh no, uh, I let them in over the weekend. They did sound check." And you're like, "Oh okay, so we know yeah, it's a like Monday." This... <laughs> <laughs> at minimum, so we have a day of the week. We're off to a start. Um, and then I just wrote, yeah, say funk again. That's like, that's what this felt like. I'm sure at one point in my notes I have, stop saying funk. Did you like, take stop a trying drink? to make funk happen. Did you I, take a drink every time? If I did, I wouldn't no, have been able to drive to work this this afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> valid. Um, 
But yeah, so um, it's all in Sue's like plot to destroy the Glee Club and like turn the choir room into her trophy annex. Um, because she has uh, she has nationals coming up. She wants it to look like uh, Graceland, Elvis's house. Uh, that's cool. Um, and she has a bookie that has helped her place bets because the odds are that New Directions is going to lose. But Sue Sylvester is going to win because trophies are like herpes. And Sue Sylvester has hours of burning, itching, highly contagious talent. And I loved that. Disgusting. <laughs> loved it. Yeah, I knew of her kind of orneriness just through knowing of Glee. But seeing it firsthand with that line really set in stone who this woman was for me. Yeah, she is. I mean, she's here. She is going, she's angry, and she's going to knock out a wall with her choir room to make room for a new trophy. It encapsulated the character pretty nicely, I think. And then we have to go deal with uh, Will and Terry, and the the very highly ceremonial signing of the divorce papers. Right. I have some questions about this, as someone who has never had to sign divorce papers. Uh, I feel like you shouldn't do it in your old apartment that you shared together. Torian, have you ever gotten divorced? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Me neither, so <laughs> Karina, I don't know who you're asking these questions to. I'm hoping I'm hoping <laughs> someone who's divorced listens to this show and will tell me if you're supposed to sign your divorce papers in your old apartment together and then give your ex-husband a gentle kiss on the forehead and tell him that he's still a 16-year-old boy to you. Is that I mean, what you're supposed to do? I don't know oh about God, supposed just... to. No, keep going. I, I disconnected dots. <laughs> I, I don't have anything other than that. I just found I the hear whole your thing thoughts, awful. Story. I didn't like yes. it. I appreciated that. Well, first I appreciated that the lawyer wasn't a Jewish stereotype. Yeah, Mazel and, Tov. And then he said Mazel Tov, and I was like, now I'm less sure. Mm. I'm going to let it slide. It's ambiguous. <laughs> It's not... Yeah. Um, Are either of them Jewish? Who's trying to... No, no one's Jewish. The only one Jewish in the series is Puck and Rachel. And Jacob Ben Israel. That's like... And Jacob Ben Israel. four Jews in the Glee universe, which is a lot for 2010. And a lot for Ohio. (laughs) Yeah. Um... But then, like you said, Karina, she says... Terry says, you're still that 16-year-old boy to me. And it's like, yeah, we've discussed this. You've discussed this. This is where you get your power from. Like, that's... Beating him down like he's a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. That's part of why the relationship worked, according to her. I do like that with this divorce, there isn't a plot immediately afterwards where, like, either of them are regretting the divorce, it seems like. Not so much that they're going to try to get back together. Because I was like, please don't do that to me. I'm very tired. Please don't do that. (sighs) So then everyone's sad. Everyone's still in a funk. Rachel says... Well, some... (laughs) Rachel says that she feels like her heart has been beaten into the ground, like the ground at Stomp. Because <laughs> my note just says Stomp. Okay, let's talk about Stomp. Has anyone seen Stomp? No, I have not. Okay, because I have seen Stomp. I this is remember... now a podcast about Stomp, and I'm here for it. I don't remember if my grandmother took me or if we went on a school trip. I think my grandma took me, and we like went to Stomp in New York. And they do the thing with the, there's trash cans and they do a whole rhythmic broom section. And I must have been in my 
tweens because it was very i was like hell yeah let's go see stomp again yes like there's nothing Amazing. more middle school than going with your grandmother to see stomp and then she buys you a knockoff yeah. one of those uh chinese inspired dresses that are offensive now but at the time were very cute I thought you were going to say she buys you like a knockoff cocktail from the TGI Fridays in No, uh, we Times didn't go Square. to a TGI Fridays in New York. We weren't allowed. Oh, well, fine. I did work down the street from Stomp for a bit, um, could, but that's the closest I have. Could you hear it? No, it was like it was like a full avenue over. Like we okay. were on one side of the avenue, they were on the other side of the avenue, so there's just all like a full New York traffic. Can you going, student uh, rush Stomp? Probably, yeah, I think you can. I mean, like, not right now, where, like, mm-hmm. the shows haven't come back yet, but I believe you can. I believe you can get some pretty cheap tickets, like, regularly. It's an off-Broadway show. They're already, like, how much can considerably it, less. How much can it cost to see Stomp, honestly? <laughs> like, would, you, would either At of you most. be in Stomp? Stomp? I almost auditioned for it once. Oh really? God. They were doing, like, a round of casting, and I was like, I gotta get my boots and everything together and that, I don't know something happened and I ended up not going <laughs> but I intended to and that's that's important. pretty close <laughs> it is and Torian Stomp is like cats like it will never die so you will have plenty of opportunities to audition oh, yeah. again Stomp yeah, is like fine. cats is like it sounds like the beginning of an AT uh, like an SAT question <laughs> Stomp is like cats as Karina can we create whatever replaces the SAT. CATs. <laughs> we did it, no, folks. No, 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 no. This has been Glee Aggressive. <laughs> oh, no, Thank it you all. and goodbye. Fuck, it all comes back to cats. Um, yep. Unfortunately, my next note just says Quinn correct as always, which I don't remember what she was right about, but I know she was right. Um, I don't even have a note on Quinn Yeah, well, here. she was right. Is this the part where she called Mercedes racist? No, but... Ooh. No. <laughs> we'll get to she that. She was not correct then. I think she basically just said something uh, I should have been better about. Again, I watched this episode 11 hours ago. I mean, That was my first note for the episode. Was that perked in my ears? I was like, what did she say? Fair. Valid. Um, um, and Rachel was wearing yellow pants. Yes. And Rachel's yellow pants are also 2010. Yes. All my notes here are about, like, re- Will Schuster, like, leads in with regrets. Who has some? And it's like, they're all 16. Also that. I remembered what <laughs> Quinn's uh, regret was. Because Rachel was like, I regret getting my heart stomped on, like, stomp. And Quinn says, I regret thinking that trust me was a viable birth control option. Yes. And I was like, that was it. sing it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I, I don't know why I thought I was clever last night writing word of the day is funk. Funk me. Um... <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, um, so Will then, like, also, like, this whole scene starts, like, a whole revenge plotline that nobody asked for. Right. Because n- now everyone's like, we gotta get back at them. So, like, Puck and Finn are like, okay, it's on us. We hate each other for some reason, but we're gonna slash their tires. The concept of Puck not understanding why Finn and him still hate each other when it was because Puck slept with Finn's girlfriend and got her pregnant, but he doesn't see... Oh. Yeah. That's a lot of... Surprise. Yeah. Oh my. So him not remembering why they hate each other makes it uh, extra funny. And then they slash but the also, tires on a bunch of Range Rovers. And um, therefore, Adina Menzel is back. The four hours that she wouldn't to see her daughter. Yes. There you go. They're th- uh, or Figgins, the principal, is like, fucking, fucking pin. Puck and Finn. No, you're right the first time. 
<laughs> fucking pin. Are expelled. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet I on the show. I am also. Um, Puck and Finn are expelled, and Adina Menzel's like, nah, nah, I don't want anyone to get in trouble for this, just, like, pay us back. And then they're like, okay, well, uh, well, we have no money in this Glee Club budget, so uh, we'll just get jobs. Which is also not the first time Cory Monteith has been like, I'll get a job to pay yeah, for it. Yeah, he was supposed to have a job earlier this, ep- like, season. He was. He said give me one month to cover the damage to 10, 12 tires? Yeah, like 12 sets of tires. Which is a lot of money. And whatever job he's going to get as a 16-year-old boy in Ohio. But okay. In 2010. Um, Confused. I don't remember why. It, why I know it was a Sioux line. i got to be more thorough with my notes. But she said something about our first gay president, Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why was she like, talking she was about talk- that? Something you, about... Because I remember oh, this. Good. I, uh, Schuster was trying to be nice about it in some type of way. And then she was like... You know, this boy set a cow fart on mm. fire, and it burned down the village, and that little terrace went on to be our first gay president, Abe Lincoln. I don't know why that's stuck in my well, head word for because word. because Sue Sylvester lines are the most iconic. Yes. <laughs> she was talking about the Great Chicago Fire and said the guy who started it was the first gay president, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I would be remiss in my thorough research of random presidential trivia that Abraham Lincoln, A, was not the first was not a gay president and even if he was he would not have been the first gay president who would have been the first james buchanan sure yes sure he was never married he's the only um bachelor that we've ever had as a president and many people now believe him to have had a had a male lover gay president james buchanan good for him happy pride everyone right tis the season (laughs) <laughs> this is the season for gay presidencies. Now, that mu- I would say him maybe being a gay man does not excuse probably any of the other terror. He was not a very good president, so we shouldn't. Don't don't draw fan art of James Buchanan. <laughs> I do not need another Miku Binder Thomas Jefferson in my life. Oh, what? Oh no. Okay. Well, we don't really have time to talk about this, but I don't know how much you know about the Hamilton fandom, but. Stay far away. Oh. That's all you need to say. Anyway, I'll moving on. I'll send you a picture on. of Miku Binder, um, Thomas Jefferson later. Fine. Um, I trust that you would regardless. Um, but anyway, Sandy's back. Yeah. And uh, I guess, is he selling weed to Will Schuster? Like, oh. Yeah, so Sandy, who's still yeah. a drug dealer, um, they, made a, they needed to bring him back because he was the previous choir director. So they needed him to be able to give him some insight to Will. And the only way they could think to bring him back was for Will to try to go buy weed from him because he was depressed about his divorce. Which is... Is that what happened? Yeah. He was like, I'm so sad. Can I buy some weed? And Which is <coughs> incredibly out of character. I completely missed I missed that too. And I've been following along. Like, <laughs> uh, It's well, a weird throwaway yeah, gag. It is. But... Apparently, vocal adrenaline has a weakness. And their weakness is funk. They said it. They yes. said it. So, again, what is... So they're, now they're talking about the musical genre, not the feeling of being sad. What is your feelings? What's your relationship to the genre of funk music? When I think of funk, I think of, like, Prince mm-hmm. and the music of that era. It's kind of rocky... But it's 
it's not like a four four song it's like it's got a lot of energy and emotion to it yeah i mean i would say about the same like I think of like really cool like I love that 70s funk music like Sly and the Family Stone um like I mean we'll get to it but like I was looking up sort of classic funk songs and they mm-hmm. were all stuff that I was like that one's great that one's great that one is awesome so like it's a killer genre yeah my dad had like a best of funk two discs thing that he bought off mm-hmm. wherever and he played all the time when he was like cooking dinner so that's nice. what I think of as this one singular album now, it does sound like we all agree, though, that it's not generally what one would call a white genre of music. Overall, no. <laughs> generally, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so and this I is where that my... is going to be important for a lot of this episode. And this was where I have the note that says, stop saying funk, stop it. Because Vocal Adrenaline has fun. never done a funk number, so now Yeah, you know why? Because they looked at themselves and said, this probably isn't our space to be in. Did they They ha- did They also have one black they girl? They definitely have one black girl. Just the one? Just okay. the one that I can remember. So yeah. Right. That's all you need. Yeah. It's Ohio. Um, Ma'am. Makes sense. Um, Will says the phrase, we're going to turn this funk into the P-funk. And I said, I don't think that means what you think it means. And then he, and then the assignment is to turn McKinley High into Funky Town. Mm. No. And I said out loud in my producer's house, "Stop it, Will." <laughs> yeah, my Will, my knows absolutely not. Will, please stop. I just uh, no. That is too late. Look at Will Schuster and tell me that's a man qualified to teach anyone about what funk music is. This is a man who has done several rap numbers and hip hop numbers. That, again, we just let him get away with it. Has he now? Mm, they're not good. So, <laughs> they're very Mercedes then goes, Mercedes is like, okay, don't worry, guys, I got this. And then, which, fine, fair. <laughs> but then Quinn has to come in and be like, wait, I'm full of righteous anger. I want to sing a funk song. And they kind of laugh at her because she's a, like, eight-month pregnant white girl. And then she says the phrase, Mercedes racism aside, and I went, uh oh. Uh oh. That solidified Quinn's character for me. It's not been like that ever. <laughs> and like Ian loves Quinn. Ian sings I do. For Quinn. Like I, I sing and... for Quinn and Diana Agron. But like that was rather out of character for Quinn. But then again, with this fucking show, out of character thing. Like you establish. A, a character over like three episodes and then in the fourth episode like just out the fucking window like so this has happened with Quinn before that you just do like mm. um an about face yeah but uh yeah I, I really wasn't w- was expecting. she a cheerleader before yes. the pre- okay and like that's the thing like her character has had like the biggest arc the biggest overall like um arc she, that has like yeah. a starting point like, as far as the season goes, like, a beginning, middle, and end. And, like, the about faces that they do with her are just so fucking arbitrary sometimes. Mm. Um, so, short story long, I feel like that is not a good representation of my queen. I just wasn't expecting the reverse racism card to be played in Greek. Exactly! I didn't remember that. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> Ugh. And, like... <sighs> It, they, they had, like, had a cool moment a couple episodes ago. You thought Quinn and Mercedes were, like, on the friendship train. And now it's about 
racism who again. can do a better funk song between this Ugh. very talented black woman and this very cute white woman yeah i don't think she's well we'll get to it um, we'll get to it but oof um and then cool. rachel goes on a rant about how everything was a plot to break her heart and if you break her heart then you'll break up the team because she's the heart of the team and she sounds like super unhinged but since it's coming from the world's most theatrical group That's how she always sounds. it like, made perfect sense to her. me I didn't question that because I'm like, yeah, that's Rachel Berry being Rachel Berry. And is this is this when Jonathan Groff has returned, or is this the same scene where they're like, let's do funk? No, that's just talking about funk, and she goes okay. to see Will in his office and well, be like, what happened? Oh, I think I wrote Rachel and Jesse by accident. Um, mm, fair. And all of a sudden, Will's not depressed anymore because he knows what he's going to do. So, so I've seen this show quite a bit, right? It's pretty amazing what one's brain can repress when they decided they don't want to remember some things about an episode. Because Will gets a little glint in his eye and comes up with a plan. And his plan is to serenade Sue Sylvester by singing Tell Me Something Good. And I, I've, I've hated a lot of moments on this TV show. I've hated, they've done so much uncomfortable things, things that have made me genuinely, like, feel awful. This really comes high up it's come screaming up the charts of things i hate <laughs> agreed my uh, here's my reaction to this from finding like when they pan to a dimly lit choir room with will schuster sultrily draped over the piano and i wrote down in all caps oh no i forgot about this oh i hate it so much please rip my eyes out <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i just i did not need this i know why they did it i well first of all good for him for finding the karaoke track at the last minute but (laughs) my first note on this song is nope and then my middle note on this is he did like a cat nuzzle on her like it was full like cats like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna like nuzzle your neck with my the top of of my head yes exactly and then he and then he finishes what was i too dirty Oh. Oh. Yeah. Karina, that was my exact reaction last night. Again, in a friend's house. <laughs> I just, I felt bad that, you know, costuming could have done a better job giving him pants that he could fill out. Yeah. Because, yeah, because. Camera. I mean, they tried. and I mean, Will's butt was like the secondary main character in this number. You're right. But it wasn't there. It wasn't there. He was, like, to quote Tyra Banks, he was trying to, like, booty tooch it out. Like, he's really pushing it, so to make it look like he has an ass, he does not. And it was really... And he's, like, at one point, he's, like, fucking the piano, and I'm, like, don't do that. Like, stop pretending (laughs) to fuck the piano. I I wanted to, like, spray him with a spray bottle. Like, no, get out. (laughs) Yes. The the horny honk. No, you stop this. No one wants this. Bad boy. But Sue was loving it. She, Jane Lynch was fantastic. Out of when I could tear my eyes back to the screen to watch this <laughs> happening, I could take note of Jane Lynch doing a really good job of first looking as confused as the rest of us were, <laughs> and then Accurate. her performance at the end, where she is trying very hard to seem like where she's like, "Oh, I didn't notice. It was boring." Like. <laughs> 
So Perfect. one good point to Jane Lynch and a million negative points for everything else about this number. Also, Tell Me Something Good's a pretty good song, and now I'll never be able to listen to it again without thinking of this. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, <sighs> Right. So we get to go to, to a new location. We don't get to visit that often. Sheets and Things. Sheets and Things is back, baby. And so is Terry, who is, as we said earlier, not awful, just kind of awful. Mm-hmm. So she needs to make manager by the end of the year to maintain her lifestyle. Because she's divorced now. She's divorced now. And um, Puck and Finn have gotten jobs there. And we can now safely know that working for a month part-time at Sheets and Things is not going to pay back. I don't even think working part-times at Sheets and Things will pay for one set of tires, let alone 12. I mean, especially if they, quote, work for less than immigrants, yikes. Exactly. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jessalyn Gilsig had to come to set just as her job and look at a script and go, I have to say this. She had a few sideways things to say this episode. Yeah. In this scene, because it's at the end of the scene where she looks at Puck and says, I thought Jews were supposed to be smart. And I went, no. That was my other note. Yeah. The casualness of which the racism and the anti-Semitism <laughs> continues to be thrown around, it's pretty shocking. It wasn't even playful in this episode. It was just flat out wrong. Yeah. Rough times. Yeah, that wasn't like a playful funness. It was an insult. It was it was just it was an a insult. Full insult. And then question for the group, mm-hmm. both the three of us and the listeners. Is Loser by Beck a funk song? Because I don't consider it a funk no, song. No, of course it's not a funk song. What's it doing in this fucking episode? Fucking slapping. I, the only thing I wrote was so many songs. Yeah, that's the moneymaker. That's a buck twenty nine every time I download. Like, what is their budget for this show by this point probably kind of a lot i wonder if i can find out so yeah they decide to sing loser in the middle of sheets and things and it's clearly like an in the head like number this is a musical theatrical moment yes um how did did we besides it not being a funk song which is clearly not because no one in their right mind has ever looked at beck and said that man produces funk music um what how did we how did we feel I'm glad the whole store got involved. That was fun. Um, yeah. Fun fact, this is Terry Jessica Gilsing's only vocal performance on the whole show is to be in this number. So. Oh. Yeah, she never sang. Okay. Um, the one person. I mean, it was uh, fine. Okay. So. I liked it as a theatrical moment. Like, I thought it was cool that everybody, like, in the store joined in. I'm like, okay, this is the theme here. Everyone thinks they're a loser. Everyone's... In a funk. Yeah, the musical yeah. theater this, this, music. That's yeah. what it was. This song is about the yeah. other kind of funk. You feel like a loser when you're in a funk. Um, this is... So, this is another one of my favorite covers on Glee. Who are you? <laughs> okay, so I just really like the song Loser by Beck, and I'm excited it's... to hear it in any context. Okay, fine. It's a... That was the first time I heard it. <laughs> that was the first time you've heard it? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you would yeah. remember it has, it's a nonsense song. Zach hates Beck. Zach, like, loads Beck. And so I'm always just excited whenever I get to listen to a little Beck. And I just really like this song. I love the guitar. I think the guitar is very distinctive. 
I have a bluegrass cover of it on my Spotify right now that I like to listen Ooh, to. Ooh, send that sometimes. to me. I will. Um, this is a song that I'm not like, wow, this song is great as a Glee song. It's just a song I like, and I like hearing it again. Puck sounds a lot better singing it than Finn does, like, noticeably, which is not often yeah. the case with them. Um, but just, I love this song. I, I, they had the full version of it, like, for download on iTunes. Um, and, yeah, I think, think it doesn't get enough respect in the, in the Glee hole. Sure. I know. I, it was a solid number overall. My, I, I, every, now I'm listening to this sometimes and being like, here's the songs Karina chooses to defend. I am a, who, why am I like this? <laughs> I mean, you're in the right place, clearly. Um. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, like I think, like you were saying, Tori, like the little broom guitar that Finn was doing, that was fun. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but then like Terry's like, she sees a lot of Will in Finn, and I'm like, oh, that's uh too much. Like to the point too where much. she imagines Will's head on Finn on Finn's body, saying, "Can you help me how to fold this sham?" And then she gets a look in her eye that that really seems to imply that she wants to fuck Finn. I thought that was going to be a whole plot point. And I was like, hey. I wrote down, she is going to jail. Yeah. It's like they're setting it up like it's about to have this fun little chemistry. I'm like, ma'am, that's a child. Yeah. Like, it's not but even like, I, I guess... oh, he's 18. He's not. He's a baby. When you mentioned it earlier, I made the connection that about her mm-hmm. saying to Schuster that, you're still that 16-year-old boy to me. So that, <sighs> when I made that connection, that kind of softened it. Right. But she's still going to jail. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. So then we're back to Sue. Um, she finally felt something, quote, below the neck. Oh. Non-sexy, non-murdery feelings for Will Schuster. I wrote that down. Uh, oh, because like, then he comes back, and he's like, I drove all the way to, to Dayton to get your favorite protein gels. Apple teeny. Appletini. And I don't know if you've looked this up, Karina, but how long is it from Lima to Dayton? Oh, I didn't look it up. I did look up what Bell's Palsy was because Howard Bamboo said it. How, um, our, our boy Howard Bamboo was back. We, we were, we'd be remiss not to mention that. Let's see. Lima, Ohio. You'd think my Google Maps was like, damn, why are you trying to go to Lima, Ohio all the time? Got <laughs> any plans? Oh, that's walking. That's walking. I was about to be like, what the fuck? Okay. Oh. Uh, it's only two hours to Dayton. Okay. My, it, it said 24 hours. I'm like, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. It, it, an hour and 10 minutes if you hit the right traffic, which it is that's right now. still a lot. My New York mind says that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is. Two hours is a, or like an hour and 10 minutes isn't the longest to drive to go buy special protein powder. I mean, maybe to buy special protein powder, but that's, I don't, anyway. So, Will uh, asks Sue out on a date, and they're going to Breadsticks, which, like, thank God we brought that back. Is this the name of the place? Yes, yes this is, like, the name of their version uh, of the Olive Garden. Okay. We're, go- we're gonna do that Wednesday. You know what day Wednesday is. Hump day. Another... Uh, absolutely not. Yikes. No. Things Schuster should never utter. Yeah, I mean, we don't ever need... We just... We don't need it. 
I didn't, we just don't need. Like, I'm already tired of hump day jokes because of that one. What was it, Geico commercial? Like, we all right. had, we all lived through the era <laughs> with the camel. Where the camel <laughs> I mean, which was great for what it was at the time. Like, but he wasn't making a fun camel joke like Geico was. He was doing it like he was gonna fuck the piano again, and <laughs> I just, I don't like. Matthew Morris spend, spends too much time trying to be a sexual being, and I want him to stop. I feel like that is the sum of everything we've talked about so far on this podcast. This is a Matthew Morrison hate podcast now. <laughs> Which, like... Gen Z will love it. Look, he was oh, he God. was good in Finding Neverland. I have not From seen From what Finding I remember, Neverland. he was... You don't need to. Okay, he was He was great in Hairspray, from what I remember. I was, I think, 12... Um, okay, but if you were going to see Matthew Morrison or Zac Efron, who would you rather see? Uh, There's only one correct answer. I can't believe it's I mean, I know, what the, I know what the correct answer is. Wait, is that... Do we have to? No. I mean, Zac Efron <laughs> was, was very good in the movie version of Hairspray. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm not allowed to agree with you just because I was also a 16-year-old boy when that came out, and we're all like, fuck Zac Efron, man, it's 2008. Is it because you um, wanted to be Zac Efron? No. Are you sure? Yeah. If Uh-oh. you could Freaky Friday with Zac Efron right now, would you do it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. But he's kind of big these days. Like, he, scary muscles. He's yeah, very wide, physically. and he's shorter than JoJo Siwa. Yeah, he's my height. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Jojo Siwa, first of all, is like 5'9". Is 5'10". Which is a very tall, small girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Zac Efron's, yeah, like, what, 5'7"? Yeah. He's my height. I had no idea. Um. Anyway. And, like, I guess I guess it was Finn that was like, uh, yeah, you'd be a total milf if not for the whole faking a mother thing. Yeah. Oh, you oh. don't even know about that, Torian, do you? For the first half, well... About what? Um... Before their divorce, uh, their marriage—no, Will and Terry's marriage was falling apart. So she had a hysterical pregnancy. Um, but rather than saying, "Hey, uh, I had a hysterical pregnancy," she pretended she was pregnant for an undetermined but very long amount of time, and Will didn't notice. So. Oh God. And furthermore, her plan was to buy Quinn's baby off of her. Yeah. This was a storyline that they spent. They've already resolved that one somehow, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Glee! Yeah! Okay. Um, um, and so she's, she's like, oh, Finn, you can be... Oh, we're back at Sheets and Things. We're yes, we're back at Sheets and Things. Um, Terry is trying to, like, mentor Finn and says, you can be my second chance. And I went, No. No. Out loud. Absolutely like, not. Not even in horror, just like matter I think of fact. The whole world no. did. No. Like she God. said, she has a compulsive need to crush other people's dreams. That's all we need. We can move mm-hmm. on, in my humble opinion. Um, I do like the uh, Glee writers exposing themselves for how they pick songs for the episode where they just go, oh, you need a funk song? We'll just go into iTunes type- and type in funk and see what comes up. On the large computer monitor from 2000. Boy. But Boy. we don't get to find out what comes with that because instead we have to go to well, this bit. Oh, um, Quinn singing It's a Man's World? Yes. Okay. With the unwed mothership connection. So, was How do we this... Feel? Make it stop. 
Yes, okay. I had a lot of cringe moments this episode. I would imagine. This was one of the highest. I want to hear all about that. <laughs> like, for real. Almost, I mean, having been in a Glee club, almost every song is a cringe moment mm-hmm. for me because I just get pulled back to rehearsals well, that's valid. and choreo and everything. And it's just, it's a lot for mm. me. <laughs> Fair. But this one in particular, I had a lot of questions. Like are they are these women all pregnant? Apparently, we never actually we've never seen them before, and we will never see them again. Okay. And so I remember in a recent episode, Karina, we were talking about like can Finn or uh, can Quinn dance like this pregnant? And you mentioned any of them? Right. And you mentioned hold on because soon we're going to see some dancing. That's real subject as far as the pregnancy goes. Was this what you were talking about? Uh, this episode, yes. Um, okay. But not specifically this number. The last number is what I was speaking of with sure. Quinn. But this number has its own weird things. She has this whole speech at the beginning, and even Artie is like, this is offensive, and he is... He, so, everyone... Like, everyone is like, Quinn, I think you need to stop talking, because every mm-hmm. word out of your mouth... At least they're acknowledging it. They're like, oh, right. okay. Quinn is out of bounds here with... What her view on like my pregnancy is the same as racism, racism. which for the record, not. It's not. <laughs> um, and then she sings "It's a Man's World," with backed up by a group of unwed mothers, and that are weird, also eight months pregnant. They're also eight months pregnant, and they're also doing Lamaze breathing as the background vocals. I love that. Did you? I'm not gonna lie, like. This number was wild, but the fact that they, A, did the dance of the fucking swans in the background. The ballet moment, yes. Yeah, the ballet moment. And then, like, their backup vocals were just Lamaze breathing. It <laughs> sent me. It was, I, that. Which, for those of us who don't know, is. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it is um, pretty rhythmic. I'll give them that. It, it, it fit the timing. It um, But. Yeah, I, I guess, like, my overall thing was, um, well, okay, first of all, my question is the lighting question mark, because they're in the choir room. Yeah, How do with lighting? There, but, okay. Yeah. I think I would have liked this font. I mean, like, I think I would have loved this more mm-hmm. if it were just her singing it and it not being about, like, my pregnancy is equivalent to the social injustices you face on a daily basis, Mercedes. Um, yeah. Torin's looking at me I- like, you wrong motherfucker. <laughs> I very much appreciated having entertaining pregnant woman to look at so that I didn't have to listen to Quinn attempt this song. That is the other thing. I don't think this song fits Diana Agron's voice. I think parts of it fit it. She is stretching hard for some of those. For the higher notes, she was definitely stretching. But if she were to have modified in a way, I think it would have been really tight. It's just, they never... They've yet to really give a song that feels like it's very truly showcasing Quinn's vocals. Well, of course, I've read interviews a bit with her on this, and she mentioned how, like, they never really gave her that. Like, she's an alto, Aww. and she's much more comfortable in a more folksy style, mm-hmm. but they keep on giving her... That could have been a great jazz number. Mm-hmm. And, but they kept on giving her, like, soprano one... So it's one of those things where it's like, it's not that I can't do it. It's just that that's not what I do. So like, just that's like such a Jonathan bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, this actually, I just thought of this. So 
you'll have to clarify a couple things for me. Um, what is, how would, like, a casting director describe what Rachel is? Uh, soprano, uh, a belter. Okay. High belter. Do you think they kept giving Diana Agron these, like, very high soprano numbers as it tried to be a direct contrast to Rachel because they were set up at the beginning of, like, Rachel and Quinn were, like, at war, basically. And so, and, and, like, the two different objects of Finn's affection at the time. So to have this, like, very powerful voice, uh contrasted to this like soft like lilting voice but diana agron couldn't do it that well i don't know honestly i think it was just i think it's not even that complicated i think it's like oh here's a girl that looks like every musical theater blonde girl that can just kind of walk into a room and belt her face off so let's give her these songs that's fair i I might have been giving them too much credit Mm -hmm. like that i mean i don't know but like if i were if i were running glee okay i would be like hey kids um what do you like to sing what do you enjoy singing the most and we'll um we'll find we'll find things that work for you but um it's too much to ask yeah well i don't think she sounded very good um she didn't sound bad but it definitely was like not a good number and it made me not uh really enjoy watching it but it was there and then after it finished and everyone, everyone like goes up to hug her except Mercedes, which I think is supposed to be very and yes. <laughs> Torin was in that room and was like, "No, was we're like, good. no, stop this." And it's definitely supposed to be poignant, and I can tell they're trying to tell us something, but I don't think it, they quite landed of what they were trying to tell us with that shot. It was definitely one of those like we understand what you're going through now moments. But, but Mercedes didn't because she still has experienced racism, presumably. And Clinton's I, song hasn't erased that. Yeah. Um, It did got me to that point where I was like, oh, you know, they're not going to talk about, like, the origins of funk as a musical genre in this episode, are they? This show moves too fast to talk I about anything. I thought we might talk about that. Um, wow. The bam, 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 bam. Lines, lines, lines. Scene cut, scene cut, scene cut. I was like... It's a mile a minute. And not once have they been like, hey, this is the origin of funk and like, and like all that stuff. Yeah, and why we as a And why we shouldn't be doing Glee this. Club shouldn't do it, yeah. Uh, but we can't talk about that. It's Glee. Instead, we're going to go to Sue Sylvester wearing a tracksuit and pearls looking rather fetching. The pearls was my favorite thing of this episode. <laughs> and you were right. <laughs> well, that's when I realized that she is always in a tracksuit. It kind of it kind of just washed over me that that's all, all, the only thing she wears up until that point. Right. I was like, oh, oh, that's that's all she wears. Yep. Like we even see her like not like bedridden for lack of a better term later, and she's still in a tracksuit. <laughs> well, she has like a pajama material. A pajama tracksuit. Yeah, tracksuit's pretty comfortable. Sure. Um, but yeah, so turns out she stood her up. And so then, like, she rushes over to uh, to his house, where he's just on his couch. Will's like, I have no interest in dating you. You're a bully and you're mean to kids. And she goes, I'm mean to everyone. And I like and, that. And, like, we've yeah. been through this a million times. Like, their conversation that they have here, where, like, Sue, you're a bully and Will, I don't like it. And she's like, but I'm always mean and it gets results. They don't really have a breakthrough here or anything. Right, they she didn't just learn yells, anything. He just yells at her a bunch. And still, everyone's in a funk. Nobody's any happier because he just 
Nobody's happier because they did shitty things. Yeah. Um, it, got, it got worse. It got worse. It turns out being mean to people makes you feel worse about yourself. Who knew? So then we cut to the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it opens on Santana crying in the hallway, <laughs> as, as are the rest of the Cheerios, because Coach Sylvester won't get out of bed, mm-hmm. um, which means that, as a result, if they don't win nationals, four of their cheer- cheerleaders are going to lose their scholarships. Yeah, which is, like, another, like, nod to the show to being, like, yes, we're a show about musical theater kids, but we understand that sports have some value, too. Also, I feel like just that plot line could have been... I feel like they could have done more with that idea. Maybe not in this episode. I don't well, know how. Here's the thing, and we'll talk, like, we'll see more evidence of it, but, like... Nationals for the cheerleaders is like this weekend. Three Glee Club members are in the Cheerios. Like yes. that means three of these people, when trying to do this, what like who have been spending an inordinate amount of time with the Glee Club, are also practicing to go to a national cheerleading competition. I, I know you've never seen yeah. Bring It On, Ian. We've made that clear, but like you know how I've much seen, time I've seen, ori- oh. I've seen the original Bring It On. Right, you I, haven't I'm, seen the All or Nothing. I haven't seen favorite. its uh its progeny. No. Well, like, you've seen how much time they spend practicing for nationals. They don't have time for Glee Club. Yeah, I'd written down, when does anyone have time to rehearse? They are all failing their classes. There's no way. And having been in a Glee Club, I can tell you, I had to choose. (laughs) On several occasions. (laughs) Couldn't do it all. Well, these kids can. Question, Torian. How Hmm. many hours per week would you say that Glee rehearsed? We had, uh, oh gosh, it was like three rehearsals a week. So we did Sunday mornings, and then I think Wednesday and Thursday evenings. Sunday morning, um, that's rough. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, like like Sunday at like noon. Okay. But we you had to get the up. The college early. morning. Exactly. So yeah, with that schedule, we were able to put on two shows at the you know a show a semester. These kids are doing whole performances within the week. Yeah. Right. With full band. Yeah. That's a good point. Does the band rehearse. The band just knows every song ever. It's the world's most talented musicians, and they're stuck being backing tracks for a glee club. So, and, but we have to go back to the choir room because we have a new number to listen to. This is very arbitrary, but it annoyed me. How come for this number, everyone's sitting on the other side of the glee club? With the risers behind the performers instead of the other way around. Sometimes you gotta mix it up. Don't care for that. Um, so here we get to <laughs> we we get to hear Puck Finn with uh, featuring Mercedes singing "Good Vibrations" by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, which probably is the first song if you type <sighs> "funk" into iTunes that will come up. But it's not funk. No. No. And I know that they, like, of course, like, he mentions this, like, at the end. Yeah. Like, like, I'm glad that they did, because they very well could have just, like, went with it and been like, that was great, next. And I would have believed that they had done that. No, at least they made it a plot point to see, like, this does have the word funk in the name of the artist, but it is not a funk song Mm -hmm. at all. Right. But was it good? Um, It was okay. Those two characters, yeah, Puck and Finn, I felt the same way about this as I did about, um... Loser, mm-hmm. they're just kind of like doing this bro thing. Yeah, uh, they did this episode, and it's like, okay, cool, they're bros. And it was just like fine. Mercedes stole the number. Obviously, of 
Of course. Yeah. Um, at least they're singing a white boy song, is what I wrote down. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I appreciate that. Mark Wahlberg, some of his family have a burger chain in the area called Oh, yeah, the Wahlburgers. Wahlburgers. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're big Bostonians. Yeah, they are. You can tell. Look at his name. There's no one named Mark Wahlberg. Mark, yeah, no one named Mark Wahlberg is not from Boston. <laughs> um, it. I read a review that someone was like, the nostalgia of this song does not make it good yet. Like, there's there isn't enough like goodwill of this song to make listening to a cover of it worthwhile. Like, no one really likes Good Vibrations that much that they're like, oh, this song. Like, at least with um, what's the one they did with the leg choreography? You can't touch this? Oh, bust a move. No, um, Ice Ice Baby is the one I'm thinking of. Um, okay. Like, Ice Ice Baby is a song that is enough of a joke that people are like, oh, haha, listen to Ice Ice Baby. That sure. Glee doing a cover of it still can harbor a little bit of, like, a gentle, like, ribbing of, like, oh, a funny, funny joke song. But no one thinks that about Good Vibrations. They're like, right. this, this isn't... People listen to Good Vibrations when they tried to listen to the Beach Boys version, and they searched and they got the wrong one. Which, like, knowing fucking Glee, <laughs> I'm more surprised that they didn't try to mash up the two Good Vibrations is. Oh my god. Now I want to hear that. Well, that definitely wouldn't have been funk. I mean, it would have been pretty fucked, though. <laughs> uh, we did it. Um, so, they did not understand the assignment. Uh, Artie says that they're clinically depressed now, and it's proven by the fact that they can't even sing the right songs. That's not what that means. Um, that's, yeah. But Swing and a miss there, Artie. But it was a different time. Oh, man. Okay, also, like, I know this is going to be dark a little bit. Yeah, do but it. But the fact that Finn, Cory Monteith, was singing a whole verse about drug-free. Mm-hmm. The way to be. Way to be. Doing yeah. the sober or whatever. Yeah. Knowing how the poor boy passed is just oh. so sad. Ugh. Brett. Yeah, we're, you're right. That was dark. I know, like, and I feel bad for bringing it up, but I felt like... Hey, I felt I don't know, I guess I felt like uh, we'd be remiss not to, like, point out that very clear and present um, yikes. I can't believe you absorbed enough of the lyrics to Good Vibrations to even make that connection. <laughs> My captions were just automatically on for whatever reason, I mean, so... Uh, I can't watch the show without captions. It would all sound like the noise that the Charlie Brown teachers makes otherwise. <laughs> I watched without captions. That is How a was talent. That? I, I had to really pay attention because of how fast the show moves. Yeah, it's a right. mile a minute. Because right after it's listening to them sing a song by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, we have to go have an emotional conversation in the library. Ugh. <laughs> uh, we have to have a privilege check of 2010. Yeah. I did... Okay, so the whole conversation is Quinn being like, I didn't understand racism until I got pregnant. And Mercedes being like, um, <laughs> yeah, you're right, but also you have earned feeling bad of, like, because people have been mean to you because you're pregnant. Um, it's definitely supposed to be... Like, I understand the intention of it. I cannot tell if it landed or not. I feel like every pregnant woman just, like, was raising their eyebrow at that moment. Right. And I guess maybe specifically teen, teen pregnancy, pregnancy yeah. I guess, can be, yeah. like, 
a kind of pariah situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know from Quinn's situation specifically, like Quinn uh, was president of the celibacy club. She's gotten kicked out of her parents' home. So like her She lost everything. Her team she pregnancy was is captain. particularly like pariah esque. Right. But it's not racism. It's it is not, not an institution. Um, like this was Mercedes reaching out yeah. to her when she didn't have to. Yes. Right. And so I guess good on Mercedes. I was I <laughs> wish yeah. I could have gone back to like this is another moment where I wish I could have gone back to like twenty ten me and tried to parse what my reaction to this conversation was then. Mm. Like as a youth, did I what was I like, oh look at this profound moment. We've all learned something together. Um, because now I'm like, oh no, I don't like this. Um, but again, right. it was a different time. Well, they've got to, they've got to appeal to all the Quins watching the show. Yes, and there's a and lot. And how of are they going to relate through that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene, I guess, was the way to um, reach them. But yeah. Mercedes very graciously offers to house Quinn to get her out of where she's been graciously. living with Puck, who she was not dating. She just has to live right. there because that's the father of the baby. So, like, that's a nice moment. And this is the second time they've gone from, like, bonding to not bonding to bonding again. And now they're going to be housemates, which is nice. Right. You like a good It friendship. is. And, like, I do love I do love when we get to see that uh, partnership. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that relationship is really sweet um, when they do, like, the right thing with it. Right. I don't know. It was really cute that, like, Mercedes had said... I already talked to my mom. Um, we have a spare bedroom. Come live with me. I got you. And that's sweet. Yeah. It's a nice moment of her having her back. And then we go to Sue Sylvester's house. Yes, where she is. She is clinically depressed, probably. Um, or at least humiliated. She's yes, humiliated. humiliated. Um, In a funk. She has a because house her, full um, of trophies. Yes, and her, oh. her housekeeper answers the door. Mm-hmm. Um Mentions that she's even refusing her protein shakes, so you know it's bad. I know it's bad. I have so many notes and caps on this. Okay. Um, well, just because, like, it sums up the whole, I thought making I thought making you feel bad would make me feel better, but it doesn't. And, like, just this god-awful after-school special energy <laughs> that wasn't right. And then she says, is that an apology? I expected I thought that she was going to be like is that an apology and he'd be like yes it is and then she would like spring up and be like I got you and like be like I was faking it the whole time just to try to get you to be emotional around me and I yeah. I was expecting that and instead it was like oh they want this to be a touching moment disgusting <laughs> right like and it's like I think all I wrote was poor ellipses Sue. Yes. <laughs> I didn't expect to feel bad. No, right. and I do like the line. Um, I hate you, Will, but you would be a good trophy husband. And as you can see, I love trophies. <laughs> I that was brilliant. That fully in character. Yes, fully. Um, fully, and that's enough to get her out of her funk. Clearly, yeah. all she needed was an um, apology, and she grabs her bullhorn and is ready to go. I don't love that she, that she was, like, the savior here to be, like, uh, say, like, your kids need you. And um, she's like, no, they don't love me. They fear me. And he, and he says, but you love them. And he's like, and, and she's like, you're right. It's all, like, gotta go. 
Yeah, I mean, they really want us to think Will is a good person, and I refuse to buy this narrative. No. Look at look at what he did oh, earlier God. this episode. No good person Man. would do that. Yeah, that's a low blow, Will. Yeah. Um. Ugh. So, but whatever, they're fine. And now we get to go talk to Rachel, who has a bedazzled flip phone, which is wonderfully on brand. Ooh. I was like, yeah, girl, you would. You know she sat down, she has, like, what does she have on the background? Does she have, she might have Funny Girl on the background. Maybe she's, it's Fanny, yeah, maybe it's, she's uh, watching it's Barbara Streisand. I don't know. But it's on in the background. She's sitting on her bed with her tray of crystals and that weird little, like, wax tip, and she's just carefully applying each little oh, crystal God. to that phone to make it absolutely mwah, perfect. Just singing another suitcase in another hall or something sure. just to herself. Is that from Funny Girl? No, that's from Evita. Fuck. I haven't seen either. I, I've i seen parts of both. Um, anyway. Put them together as um, one whole movie. Um, exactly. And then Madonna and Barbara Streisand are the same person. Have oh, you yeah. seen them in the same room together? No. Mm. I bet I could probably Google a picture of Barbara Streisand and Madonna, but I can't guarantee <laughs> it. So for now, we live in this lit zone where they are the same person. Um, Good enough. Someone's going to confirm and it. Rachel answers the phone. It's Jesse, and she, he's telling her to come to the parking lot. And she goes out, and he's standing there, and she's standing there, and then they start, there's a slow, and she starts to slow motion run to him, and then out of the shadows comes other members of Vocal Adrenaline, and they start in slow motion putting eggs on her. A slow motion egging for the, uh, for the ages. Okay, two things. Yeah. One, I was expecting her to get hit by a bus. This isn't Mean Girls! Right? Right. <laughs> Although it would be so... I, <laughs> if she then was back on stage in a full-body cast... It wouldn't stop her. It would not have stopped her. <laughs> okay, but um, she didn't get hit by a pride. bus. She didn't get hit she by a bus. Not. Good. Thank Good. And I actually felt really bad for Rachel. Yeah. Like, I genuinely was like, oh, you poor thing. You don't deserve this. Yeah. But, like, this this isn't the first time she's been, like, harassed, right? She's gotten, like, slushies yeah. on her. and Everything has been, like, in-house, though. Like, <laughs> she gets made fun of by the other, like, and Kurt says it, like, right afterwards. Like, only we're allowed to humiliate her. Right. And, like, she's been, like, bullied in her own school. But, like, I don't know. Something about it being, like, the rival team just felt extra yeah. dirty. Well, because you're not expecting it. And also, they make a valid point that Rachel is a vegan, so being um, hit with raw eggs probably has an extra level of, like, fucked upness. Yeah. And then the line of that they all go, come on, Jesse, you have to do it. Um, and he walks up to her and looks her dead in the eye with an egg in his hand, and she goes, do it break it like you broke my heart broke my heart and then he goes i loved you and smashes an egg on her head it's the perfect for this couple for this theater kid couple this is the perfect amount of drama is he still mad about run joey run like i don't know i don't know what he's mad about i guess he's kind of mad about run joey run or mad about the fact that his 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 mom no her mom doesn't love him i don't know but he's mad and she, he loved her, but show choir comes first. 
everything was going fine until Run Joey Run, and then I just lost the fucking thread here. Um, and then my favorite thing about this scene is after it, they pan back, and then you just hear the sound of four Range Rovers starting in succession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which means, like, they're they tired the of it. They're all they... rich. From yeah. the, oh, month at the... It's been a month, yeah, apparently. Yeah, at Chiefs and things. Sure. So she Ugh. comes in and tells our harrowing tower, and, and every boy in Glee Club gets ready to go on a beatdown, including Kurt, which I was like, Kurt, you're going to go punch a man? Would have loved to see it. I do appreciate that he called them all out by name, so even the one kid that's just there to yeah. fill up the stage like got a name and went with them. I was like, okay, cool. They're, this is big. He hasn't had a name exist. for several episodes. He had his first line right. last episode. <laughs> it's true. Oh my God. A full fucking season. It took him 20 episodes before we even learned who he was, but we're proud of him. Right. And he's ready to defend yeah, Rachel's we love honor. Him. Also, I love, like, someone's like, call him up, and she starts to, and Santana in the background goes, you haven't deleted his number yet? Yeah. That was Santana? Yeah. I wrote down that line, I was like, whoever said this has She's, my heart. We love Santana. He's the only one with a brain on in this episode, for sure. It's true. And so then, what was it that they were like, oh, Friday, 3 p.m., sharp, yeah. and... Was that, that Will? That was Will, or... a grown man. And so who... On her bedazzled phone. Yeah, who threatened an 18-year-old with a sing-off. Okay. I was just going to say, it's a sing-off. Like, it's finally time for the sing-off. <laughs> it's finally happening. West Side Story all up in this bitch. Yes. Ah. Um, uh, do the sing-off, so What day do we think it is? So. At the time of I would this imagine you'd, you'd do an egging on a Friday, because, um... You know, you need a little bit. Like, you don't want to get in the way of your schoolwork. Um, and so I would imagine they give them the weekend to prepare the song, and then Monday they will have the return of the sing-off. Because But it says Friday 3 p.m. sharp. Oh, then I don't know. Because then Will goes home, and he sees the cheerleading competition on TV, which was happening on a weekend. So I guess they give themselves a full week to prepare this number. Okay, sure. I buy Which that. Which is a more reasonable, reasonable time frame to learn a fully new choreographed and costumed number with a fun silkscreen. Pretty unreasonable. <laughs> Just like with school and anything you know, else going and on in your life? I don't know. Three of their members were competing in a national cheerleading competition that weekend. And two of them have jobs. Yeah. We don't know that they quit. We it don't know that they didn't quit. It turns out New Directions is just full of musical prodigies. Except they're not very good. <laughs> they're exactly. really good at learning, but they're like, not very good at execution. I feel like you just summed up the entire fucking show. That's Glee. <laughs> That's Glee. Terrible Music prodigies that are terrible at... They can what learn they it fast, but they can't execute it well. Um, but right. on the heels of Sue's win, she shows up at Will Schuster's apartment with her giant fucking trophy and makes right. <laughs> extorts him is that what this is it's a weird threat where yeah she says like i'm either gonna take part of your glee club or you have to kiss me on the lips right now with, with tongue. tongue i didn't understand that ultimatum it seemed like a weird power move um it does seem like something you would read in a fan like an enemies to lovers fan fiction where they they definitely like if this had been a fan fiction they would have kissed and then they would have slept together and I guarantee I can find you that right now if you would like to read it um I don't but I'm good I'm good it exists I'm, I'm sure but that's not what happened instead they just got perilously close to kissing and then Sue calls it off being like no I can smell the mediocrity on you from here which is 
a much better way for that Solid. to have ended. The vibes in that apartment were all over the place. I couldn't clock the yes. vibes at all. What's going yes. on? Yep. Yep. Um, great question. I don't think we have an answer. No one does. Um, um, and instead... Uh, and then they play Loser by Beck yes, again. Yes, and they play um, Loser by Beck while they are loading this ob- obscenely tall human-sized trophy into the new trophy case in the Glee Club room. Bulletproof glass. Of course, because it, yes. much like the Pope, it could be shot at any minute. Okay. <laughs> the only thing that bugged me about this is that they want to do this grand, like, pan-up shot to show the whole trophy with Loser playing in the background, except they couldn't seem to handle a one pan shot up and instead it's cut into three there's three distinct edits where like they I'm like it's one trophy and it doesn't move how hard is it to go like this with your camera yeah that they're like we fucked it up guys just do some transition edits in between sorry fix it in post fix it in post and will looks at it sad but it's okay because instead it's singing time because they're now they're going to do a an actual funk number um the vocal adrenaline has of... very kindly gathered in their matching sweatshirts to look First of all, it's a wonderful thing that the rival Glee Club got a call from a teacher at a, without much notice that said, show up at our auditorium at 3 p.m. sharp. And they were like, all right, we'll be there. He worked like, it everyone, out. Everyone, everyone into the Range into Rovers. Uniform? Everybody pack in. Let's go and we'll sit and we'll receive this threat quietly. <laughs> and Rachel comes in and is like, we're going to do the one thing you can't do. And they start off the number of uh, We Got the Funk. Kurt starts it off, first of all, which is, like, unexpected. Okay, straight up. Look at Kurt Hummel and think about the other songs he sings. Do you believe that those noises can come out of that man's body? Because he comes in doing the, like, the bass line. Like, Um, that's not... (laughs) Hello? He was doing a bass line. Was it... Is it right? (laughs) Great question. I just... I can't look at him and hear him. That fact that there was an entire episode about him being like, I can hit the the high note in Defying Gravity, and they chose Kurt to be the one to do this, like, deep, weird, like, baseline note. I don't get it. What I about am the sur- kid whose name we just learned this episode? He could have yeah. done a great Why baseline. couldn't Matt do it? Yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't Artie. But yeah, what do we think about the song? I don't think it's... It's weird. It's weird. What'd you I say, Tori? You were. Yeah. yeah. This felt like very wholesome, mm-hmm. and this this pulled me back to Glee in a positive way. It, like mm. everyone's just on stage having a casual good time. That's pretty much what we did at New Pulse. We just went on stage and had a good time. Um, so I I I liked it for the for that reason. I mean, yeah. My main note was um, I'm sure they had a lot of fun. They looked like they're having. They fun. looked like they were having fun, like. I mean, I, we know Quinn is eight months pregnant, but it was like, it was nice to see her dancing. This was the episode that I was like, you want to talk about dancing when you're pregnant? <laughs> she is breaking it down. Um, but like, I feel like they could have done more with Mike, Brittany, Santana, Matt, yes. and Tina. Like, we because, wanted like, to see some more dancing. Like, especially because this number is supposed to intimidate the other team. I want like yeah. tightly, like rockette tight choreographed dances. Mm-hmm. That are just gonna blow you out of the fucking water. Either way, I, I do love I do love a dance line though. Like they do a dance line at the end where everyone yes. goes down and shows off a move. I'm a sucker for those. I'll watch them anytime. That was great. But they said that you know, the uh, vocal adrenaline. They're like, well, they're robots, so they can't do this number. 
So I touche. Yeah. I feel like yeah, they they probably just had to go and be super casual because mm. the other team couldn't do that. That's true. <laughs> um, so strange. Good point. I thought there wasn't enough Mercedes in this number. Agreed. Mm. Um, and I but uh, I did like. It was a pretty well-rounded, like, ensemble number. It wasn't too yeah. heavy in anything. What did we? How did we feel about the fashion? Because there's some looks on this stage. Santana's got, like, a pirate scarf going on. Um, I totally forgot about that. Brittany has, like, pigtails that she has teased out to, like, out to heaven. Underneath, like, a motorcycle cap. <laughs> I didn't even clock everybody's costume. Me neither. That's another thing that I liked. Everyone seemed so individual. And, and... like, that's their whole thing, is that they're they're the ragtag bunch of misfits mm. pulling off the funk number. We're matching vocal adrenaline camp because they're soulless automatons. Which she says. Um, yes. This number definitely gets, like, remembered for the fact that Quinn is eight months pregnant and, like... <laughs> fully breaking it down. Like, in the, in the terms of Glee lore, everyone's like, hey... Hey girl, there's supposed to be a baby in there, and you're not doing a lot of acting that shows the baby. You're acting oh, a lot Lord. like a woman wearing a fake pregnancy belly, but go off, I guess. <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> but Ugh. I am glad to hear that it invoked joy, and like that that yeah. is what that's what a glee club should be about: having fun with your friends. And that's what a good glee closing number is. However, I don't know, like. I thought about alternative funk songs that they could have done. Okay. A, I love A, in, in, as the finale, or B, just throughout the course of the episode. Mm-hmm. I think they could have done Funky Town. I'm I think, surprised, because right? Funky Town is fe- featured very heavily in Shrek 2, and that's something that everyone knows and loves. Exactly. Um, I think they could have done a real great, um, I want to thank you for letting me be myself like i think that could have been their finale because mm. that's very much like their hey we're all like individuals thank you for letting me be myself um also they mentioned boogie shoes at one point and i would have loved to see them actually that would have been great mm. um play that funky been... music white boy because they got mm. a lot of white boys so many that would that's a wonder, real opportunity. it makes me wonder like in the production of the show are there people in you know groups that are like no you you're not getting these rights you know they probably had a, a yes. list of funk songs that they wanted to use right and some people were just like no at this point glee had enough sort of popularity and notoriety that most people were willing to give up their songs there's a couple mm. exceptions i think is it the foo fighters no it's kings of leon kings of leon very famously would not let glee touch any of their songs they were like absolutely not you are not singing any kings of leon songs so random but okay and like neil diamond didn't want them but then he relented too so um also they could have done a very solid superstition if they don't already do it later on in the season i, I don't or in the series I, I guess i don't think they ever touch funk again as a genre better off this. for the best yeah and that's the and that's the show, yo. That is. That, well, that's the, that's episode. the episode. Yeah. Now we go on to the Q and A portion of it. Yes. Oh yes. All right. So, um, you may have answers. You may not have ready answers because this is your first full Glee experience. But um, question one, one A, um, Torian, mm-hmm. is there 
a musical, like a song or an entity, anything like musical that you think Glee would have done a great job with that you would have liked to have seen? Um, something musical that Glee would have done a good job with. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't want to say no. I th I think there are things that could work with it, um, but it's it's hard to come mm. up with. Maybe That's some okay. more recent stuff. They probably could have done some. Uh... Yeah, no, I got. <laughs> That's okay. Um, some, now sometimes part B is easier to think about. Question one yeah. B: Is there anything that you're glad Glee did not or could not touch? I I know that this has happened, and I wish it didn't happen. I wish they didn't touch Sondheim. Mm. They touched. Um, they touched all over Sondheim. Oh did no! They? I only know of not getting married today, and I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. All right, I'll accept that as an all-over answer. Um, Sondheim, they did not. They never released like a Glee does Sondheim album, though. Thankfully, but they they do. Oof, good. They try a lot. Um, I have a bonus question that we don't typically get to ask because we don't typically have people who have participated in a Glee club. But do you have, Ooh. do you have a favorite song from your Glee experience that you remember doing? Oh, um. Okay, so we we would do like variety acts where we would like <laughs> it's really a lot like the show where we would like present our own like ideas for stuff to do in between the group numbers, and I ended up bringing the guys together to do um, two by two from Book of Mormon. Oh, I remember that. That was a lot of fun. I fucking loved that. <laughs> um, but it took way more time than a week's worth of showtime to. I prepare. would imagine. Of course. The whole goddamn semester. But yeah, loved that. And then, as far as like the group numbers, we did Love Shack. Mm. Ooh. Um, I think that was maybe my second semester with them, and just the costumes were so colorful and pretty, and the cor everybody got involved, and we had fun choreo. It was just a fun, fun, fun group number. Well, that's an excellent like. That's that an is. excellent choice. Um, you'll be, you'll be interested to know one that this show Glee has never was able to do Book of Mormon, um, right? For reasons for that best. probably <laughs> makes sense. But they did cover Love Shack, so oh, I believe it. So Ian put a pin in that. Get ready. Um, that was always <laughs> like, like kind of that d discussion was always lurking. We'd be trying to pick songs for the next semester, and it's like, oh well, the show already did that one. Why we can't do it? Like that yeah. always came up. I would imagine this show sort of hangs like a specter over any any Glee club, particularly perhaps a collegiate one, because it's, especially at the time, was so rooted in, like, a, being a high school show that you're like, okay, but we're not, we're not like that. Yeah, it was the comparison. Also being juxtaposed with acapella groups, too. Yeah. Exactly. And you can't spit on a college campus without hitting someone in an acapella group, so. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> That's They're everywhere. Did you do acapella, Torian? <laughs> I didn't. I was okay. very fond of them, very in awe of them. Um, but I did not have time to do Glee and anything else. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. That Even though sense. I did do a few other things. Well, you but know. Not acapella. Right. Uh, okay. Imagine having time. Well, now we get to do everyone's favorite game, 
which is imagine you have a dollar and this dollar is tied up on an iTunes gift card and you need to spend it on a song by buying a song from this episode to support the economy. Oh no. <laughs> you have the choice of let's see, we got one, two, three, four, five songs to pick from. So you can get another one bites of dust, tell me something good, loser, it's a man's 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 world, good vibrations, or give up the funk. One of these songs is going into your music collection. Which one's it gonna be? Good vibrations. Interesting. Yeah. I like that song. It's um it's got those those retro disco vibes. I can dance mm -hmm. to it. So I could see myself like washing dishes or something and just having that in the background. Yeah. And I would say that the Glee equivalent is is as good as Mark Wahlberg probably was. Oh, I have to buy the Glee yeah. version of this? You do. Yep. Okay, I would buy the yep. original Good Vibrations. <laughs> um from Rebel. this from today from yeah. this episode. Sure, I would buy the um the the finale. Okay. I guess if I had that is to a, pick one. You have to pick one. <laughs> Glee needs your money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the finale. Ian? Okay. So this is, like, this is going to be a story. Um, a very short story. Okay. Like, I mean, either way, I'm I, ready. <laughs> I know me. I, I think I would buy... I, would, I think I would buy It's a Man's 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 World. Okay. Because, like, yeah, Quinn singing it. Hooray. And mm -hmm. then, like, I would listen to it a couple times, and I'd be like, I don't enjoy listening to this. Uh-oh. Okay. And then it would just kind of sit on my iTunes library for the rest of my life, and um, I would just kind of deal with that, and every so often it would come on, and I'd probably skip it just because I remember, oh, a uh, girl was struggling there. Um, not the best example of what she can do, and um, that's a bummer. But I probably would have gone with that one. So you're buying it with regrets. Yeah. <laughs> when, and one. really, isn't this what we're here for? Not me. I'm going out there and I'm buying this cover of Loser and I'm enjoying it for the rest of my life. Well, that I right. guess that one. Just right. like when I'm on my iPod and Beck's version of Loser comes up and I'm like, nice, I got to listen to the song Loser by Beck. I enjoyed it. <laughs> and then a couple songs later, the Glee cover comes on. I'm like, oh, good. I still like this song and now I get to listen to it again. <sighs> you know, sometimes oh, your brain's like one song forever. Yes. That's what Glee covers are good for. So people don't sure. see you listening to the same song over and over mm. again. Good for you. I thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, so we ha are coming to the end of our episode. Um, Mr. Torian Brackett, is there anything you would like to plug um, anywhere that uh, our folks can find you on the socials media? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, if you're interested in voice acting and millennial shenanigans, I'm across the board at T-B-V-O-T-E-B-E-V-O. And where can people find you, Karina? Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Epic Adventure Of. You can also technically find me on TikTok under the same name, although not a lot going on over there, but yeah. that's like me Yet. all the time. Yet is true. Um... And it's all, it's much like the things I talk about on this podcast. It's a mishmash of a lot of extremely different interests. Ian? I was going to say, yeah, same. Um, but <laughs> No. <laughs> but um, you can find me at ibroski on Twitter and Instagram, ianjbrodsky.com, um, at ibrods on TikTok if uh, you want a similar mishmash of just dumb ideas and 
stupid things uh, that occasionally come into my head and out in video form. And the show is at gleeaggressive, gleeaggressive at gmail.com. Write in to us. We just got our first uh, write-in, and um, we love it. We're really yes. excited. Quotes, quotes! Yes. Uh, oh, you want quotes. What did they say? Oh, oh yeah, I meant to Let me pull, pull it up. up. So Kirsten wrote in, um, who is a friend of a friend of the show now, but is a friend of a mutual friend of both of ours, uh, thanking us for both uh, a wonderful hot take uh, discussion about Glee, and also for um, reviving the dormant Glee memories that she has tried to block out from her brain. If that isn't a universal Glee experience where you're like, I think I can forget about this show forever, and then one thing unlocks it all, and you're like, well, damn it. Right. Um, I do love that uh, she has listened to Four Minutes. Uh, Kurt and Mercedes cover yeah. Four Minutes regularly lately, because I don't blame you. That song is fucking amazing. Oh. Yes. Yeah, look it up. Um, yeah, and so the question she asked was, what song are you most thankful Will Schuster never sang? Uh, I, for one, this is hers, I, for one, thank my lucky stars that he never got to do, uh, that he never got to cause mass discomfort with a rendition of Pony by Genuine. Oh, yeah, that's true. And um, honestly, like, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, so I don't know, but that, I can't think of anything else. Like, besides, I would have to probably double, like, I would probably have to, like, second that answer. Okay, do you know that song... By Jason Derulo, um, where he, well, first of all, any song by Jason Derulo should not be sung by Will Schuster. I feel like that's pretty clear. Um, in particular, he, sh- I think I would, I have two, and they're both Jason Derulo songs. I don't want right. to see um, Will Schuster sing that song that goes wiggle, 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 and then has like the whistle, <laughs> the like do do no! do 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 do. No, um, he just shakes his non-existent body. They oh, buy him no. like a butt pad for that song. Um, oh, and I also don't want to hear him sing, I don't, I think it's called, I want, like, the one, I don't remember it. The only thing I know is he wakes up and it's too hot and uh, the sheets are on the floor. Um. Fine. Okay, people will know what I'm talking about. It's and like, while we're at it, It's 100 just... degrees. You got the sheets on the floor for the means. I can only remember it because it sounds like he says I got the shits on the floor. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to hear... Will Schuster sing that song either, but the Wiggle Wiggle one is the is the worst option. Now that you've mentioned that Sheets one, it made me think of um, Nelly's "It's Getting Hot in Here." Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, that is a song no one that will be my choice. Sing. Yeah. Also, just while we're at, let's not cover Jason Derulo songs. Just Matthew Morrison, don't do Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> oh, they would absolutely cast Matthew Morrison as Rum Tum Tugger, though. I'm not saying. I'm surprised I mean, they you're didn't. right. You're right. Is it is it right? Probably not. No. Jury's. Okay, but in a who would win in a tugger off between Jason Derulo and Matthew Morrison? Jesus. I'm gone. I'm done oh. here. <laughs> I feel like I've really done myself no favors with that question. Um. <laughs> so if you want to write in and have us say cursed sentences like that please do we'll be happy to share your thoughts and feelings on screen and uh haunted yes we haunt us please um uh, if you're a fan of the show please rate review subscribe tell your friends we love to have you share far and wide 
Yeah, Torian, thank you so much for joining us today. It, it was, was a absolute pleasure. Thanks Come for back whenever. Me. Yes. Oh yeah. Glee aggressive anytime. Yes. All right. Well, that was episode season one, episode twenty-one. Funk. Uh, join us next week. We'll be discussing Ian. We're discussing the season finale of season one of Glee, episode twenty-two, the journey to regionals. What a journey it is. It has been a journey, which means I do have to ask you, Ian. Does this episode of Glee make you want to watch the next episode of Glee? Uh, I mean, be honest. Okay, I mean, I, sure, sure. <laughs> I kind of want to watch the next episode only because it's the finale. That would be like, a good I know reason. I'll be like, done with this season, and sure. then you can finally rest in peace. Uh. <laughs>